This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the most Fergalicious podcast outside of the Fergie cast. We can't compete with the Fergie cast, but I'm Luke and I'm joined as always by Tim. Tim, what's your best Fergie impression? I don't want to make the listeners ears bleed, so I'm not even going to try, but I'm dancing because, you know, I just, I mean, it's Fergie-licious, so why not dance to it? It sounds like fun. And unlike Fergie, we're not here to ruin the Black Eyed Peas. We're here to ruin your opinions of Formula One with trash takes. Yes, we are going to alter your take on the national anthem-ish, you know, in front of all of NBA, the NBA's greatest stars. Um, (laughs) That sounds like a good plan. I like it. That actually sounds like an us move. You know, you know, here's the thing, Harry, is I just got to remember that, you know, we might be obnoxious every once in a while, but we're not Fergie. So life is honestly pretty good for us, I would I would say. It's not bad. I mean, no. I'll take it. So. But yeah. All right, so. All right. Well, uh, I was going to say there really is no great like segue transition. there to talk about the the titanic amount of motorsport news that we actually have to talk about we've got we've got a race we've got to talk about we've got a race we have to preview uh we have uh teams changing hands changing names we have venues that could be a thing could not be a thing we've got driver shenanigans we've got penalties coming uh from the accounting team fallout stuff we we there's a lot there's there's almost too much to keep track of in some ways I, I, it's almost like we're finally at this point in the season getting caught out by not having a formal rundown anymore. (laughs) Again, we, and just folks, just so that you're aware, not that anybody was confused. We haven't had a rundown in some time. Um, Uh, At least since I moved. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now the ladies and gentlemen at home are probably like, yeah, we know it's disorganized and you guys are everywhere. Hey, keep it to yourselves. We're doing, we're doing stuff. So, you know, oh, man. So, Tim, where should we start right now? I think I feel like we should start with uh, with the USGP. There's a couple things we need to hit. I I want I want to hit the big one, Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll's incident. That to me is a Lance Stroll incident. Um, Fernando gets, I mean, absolutely bitch slapped with a penalty. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, no. And, you know, it just for the ladies and gentlemen at home, it was uh, early days on the race. It wasn't quite turn one, which we will uh, go back to here in just a moment. Um, but it was a few laps in. And unfortunately, Lance Stroll decided to try to defend on a straightaway. Um, Fernando did Fernando things. He stayed in the in his draft until the last possible moment when he moved out to the left hand side of Lance Stroll's car. Um, to try and overtake him on the straightaway. Lance decided to make a defensive move left. um, And unfortunately, he did it far too late, far too aggressively. And uh, Fernando hit his uh, rear wheel, um, and which sent him somewhat airborne and into the wall. Now, the remarkable thing about this, and the reason why my driver of the day is Fernando Alonso, is because he wrestled that car back to the pits, and he ended up finishing. Mm-hmm. For, Lance Stroll was out, just totally out as he deserved to be. But he finished P7, if I'm not to- horribly mistaken. Really which so, is yes. just which is just a a true testament to his unwillingness to give up 
um, in the face of just nothing but adversity. You can track that back to the McLaren days at Baku when he uh, got two flats and somehow drove the car back on two wheels and kept going. Um, but this is the result of that. Everybody kind of thought, even myself at the time thought, come on, man, like really just retire the darn car. But he can turn, uh, you know, he turns what should be death into a fighting chance to live. So my hat's off to him. That was a, there was an absolutely otherworldly drive. Haas after the race lodged a protest, which landed uh, Fernando with a 30 second time penalty, which dropped him from P7 outside the points. And I believe in P11 or P12. Um, but I thought um, it was it, a, yeah, I was to say finished P15, actually P15, 30 seconds took him back P15. Yes. Oh, that's a crime. Yeah. That, that's got to remember that they is... were very, very bunched at the end of the race. Very, very bunched. Uh, every car that finished did finish the, uh, lead lap on the lead lap. Well, I'm disappointed even more, uh, but well, that's I mean, okay it's because no, no honestly, points is no points. <laughs> no points is no points. And Gunter Steiner had to do what he had to do. And I get it. He did. You know, if you, if you have, it's a shot you got to take. Um, and when you're, if you think that you, you can gain a competitive advantage over your competitor, I'm saying competition way too much. Um, that that is the way to uh, go about it. You have to do it. If you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. So uh, that does not that that law is pretty sacrosanct in motorsport. Um, and that that's whether you're behind the wheel, that's whether you're uh, on the pit wall or in the office. Um, so Gunter took his shot. Um, earlier in the race, <clears throat> we had a really good pole sitter in Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc and indeed half the grid, I think, uh, had grid penalties because of their uh, engine parts that they had to take because unfortunately wear and tear comes for us all. And uh, Father Time took a whole lot of parts this weekend. So a lot of uh, drivers, including Charles Leclerc uh, and Max Verstappen, unless I'm grievously mistaken, uh, had to take grid penalties to, do, uh, to uh, join the race. Um, Carlos Sainz was lined up, uh, in P1 and going into it, uh, no, Max did not. Max was lined up P2, correct? Correct. So, uh, going in, uh, Carlos did not have the greatest start in the world. Max did, um, while turning in, Carlos tried to, uh, go around the outside and go around the fat end, uh, where on, uh, on Max Verstappen maybe would have worked uh, in the cutbacks that they were uh, going to encounter. However, one charging George Russell in a, an inferior uh, Mercedes car decided to come up and rob Carlos Sainz of that turn and indeed the rest of the race. Um, they retired the car pretty quickly thereafter with a whole lot of, uh, with a radiator leak. I believe they had uh, water completely gone in the car. Uh, so it had pierced one of the radiators, unfortunately. George Russell moved on um to to compete in the race but unfortunately carlos Sainz says not i'm gutted for carlos um this has been a brutal year on his headspace i don't uh, i don't really know how i can't fathom how you would come back from that if i'm honest with you um that's a lot in one year yeah. but he he soldiered back and you know stiff upper lip and all that good jazz george russell took 100 percent fault um, he said that was my bad and I ended his race and that was the worst weekend I've had so far this year. And he's not wrong. That was a really shit weekend from him. Um, later on in the race, we had some uh, safety cars. We did have a red car uh, or a red flag with uh, with the Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso uh, bit. I uh, Not to toot my own horn, but when they came together, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a red flag. No chance you can re recover that car that well um, and keep it under safety car. 
Um, so they red flagged for just a few minutes while they uh, cleaned up Lance Stroll's toy. Um, and then they uh, moved on. Uh, there were a couple other safety cars. A lot of bunching up happened. And in the did pit they... cycles, what? Oh, go on. I was going to say, did they red flag? I thought they did it almost entirely under yellows. I'm, no, maybe I'm they, misremembering. They, they red flagged for. They came close to doing it entirely under yellows, though. They came. They did come close, uh, which really still bothers me because anytime I feel a uh, crane or moving equipment is on the track, cars should not be. Yeah. Um, that should just be sacrosanct and law. But this is the modern day FIA we're dealing with. So all bets are indeed off. Um, but uh, with safety cars and some shenanigans and pit window uh, items going well, Lewis Hamilton actually found himself in the later stages of the race in the lead. Uh, he did cough it up with about five laps to go. Unfortunately, uh, Max did come by um, and probably waved as he sailed past in his Honda powered red bull uh and won the race by about five seconds so uh it was kind of gutting i found myself rooting for lewis um which is not a thing i can say i've done a lot of in the last 10 years but man did i want him to 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 take care of business that would have been cool but that the mercedes the gap between the mercedes and the red bull is just too big yeah it it really is it's we're back into the uh we're back into the uh the era of dominance i i mean we said it it was our motto the other year, right? Was enjoy every sandwich. And uh, you got to savor the taste of a 2021 because this is unfortunately what the sport is, is you're going to find yourself in an era of dominance. And uh, <laughs> we're in the Red Bull era now, baby. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Carlos Sainz uh, getting tagged by our boy, George Russell. Uh, yeah, that's a really bad look for George. He he did not. So George Russell coming into turn one, uh, you know, it's there's kind of one racing line through that. He looked at the open inside and said, ooh, ooh, George Likey, which is not a terrible move to cut off everyone on the inside if you don't lock your brakes up and if you manage to complete the turn. The reason why nobody does that is because really bleeping hard to not lock your brakes up and not, you know, shove someone into the outside. He ends up basically T-boning Carlos Sainz into a, uh, into a spin around town. And the heart goes again, heart goes off to Carlos Sainz there again. I I don't know how you can, how George could defend this, this one. I probably say he turned into me or something, but it's, he, he yeah, it's, it's amateur hour. It. He did okay. well. He didn't defend it. He said he shouldn't have gone for the move, but again, that's his, that's his one bad call the whole year. Um, you know, I don't think we can take it. Honestly, when you look back at it and you listen to Martin Brundle's breakdown, ah, God, that is a split second decision that he's normally on the right side of. He normally exercises, you know, amazing judgment and he went for a gap. Uh, yeah. You know, you got to do it. Uh, Carlos did cut back pretty doggone hard. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I fault George, but I don't fault George. You know what I mean? Like, it's his fault for sure, but he's been contrite. He's like, yeah, that was completely my bad. And, you know, other drivers that have seen him been like, man, that's that's borderline racing incident. You're trying to jockey for position and, you know, you don't have a whole lot of options in that moment. So, I mean, yeah, is it is it a bummer? Sure. But I, I here's what I'm heartened by. I'm heartened that George Russell took accountability for his actions, regardless of whose fault he thought it was. 
you know, regardless of if it was a race incident or what, he took it on the chin like a man. I love yeah. it. Uh, I I appreciate that from George as well. Uh, so uh, what else do we have in the news that is fit to peruse? Uh, Tennessee uh, looks like they're opening something called Flat Rock Motorsports Park. This is a Tilka designed track in the Cumberland Valley, and that's kind of um, it's a little between Knoxville, Nashville, uh, a bunch of cities in Tennessee. I'm pulling up the maps right now, but uh, look it. It looks amazing, and they said they want to host international-level events. They're not talking about F1, though. They specifically said that it's not going to be FIA-certified grade one. And they also mentioned, though, that a lot of that comes to do with there's just not – they're outside of – you know they're kind of in the middle, if you look, between Knoxville and Nashville. Closest large city is Knoxville, Okay. Knoxville does not Knoxville and Chattanooga both, by the way, they don't really have with all due respects towards Knoxville and Chattanooga. They're not F1 cities. They're not F1 cities. And I doubt, I don't think they're going to be close enough in terms of grade one uh, hospitals, in terms of things of that nature to Mm -hmm. trauma centers to actually uh, properly care about getting fia right to care about getting an fia grade one certified now indycar though that baby only needs grade two which is why indycar can race at such fantastic venues as road america as you know barber motorsports park mid ohio tim uh i quite like this this is a massive development it's going to be a grand prix track a club car track include an optional endurance layout i'm looking at uh, two races could be run simultaneously. Uh, they, you know, they they ver- didn't name anything specifically to my knowledge, uh, but uh, they did. Uh, they do want. They do have a Grand Prix layout track built to FIA grade students, ruling out any F1 ambitions. But they're talking to SRO about GT events and quote other major American series to be attracted to the venue. That to me screams IndyCar. You're going to have a Grand Prix track and you're not going to have IndyCar there. Um, Keep in that, mind, this yeah. is a while out of Nashville. It wouldn't really go cover over the Nashville GP to me. No, it's a different part of Tennessee and it's a different you know brand of racing out there and a different brand of fan. And that's okay. Um, I think that I'm all for it for the sole reason that I think that um, – IndyCar has a criminally short yes. season. Um, I think that it is too good of a racing product. The talent is too good. The teams are too good. Um, you need more outings. Uh, where F1 is finding themselves, you know, too stretched too thin, I think that uh, there's a whole lot of bandwidth that could be used out of IndyCar. It's such a good product. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the passion is there. Um, you know, I think that seeing the crowds uh, down at um, Austin with F1, I think that you're seeing people paying attention because of Drive to Survive, because Netflix is just kind yeah, of our uh, our collective zeitgeist at this point. Uh, if you had to look anywhere, that's it's there. Um, and it's it's entered the American consciousness. And eventually the question is going to become where you know where else can i see this this type of racing is there better racing out there and american can say yeah bruh we got it we got you um you know i I, i'm a complete indycar 
convert. Um, I think Pottawa Ward's uh, inside outside pass and into turn three at uh, Bomber at the Bomberio 500 was one of the greatest passes I've seen this year across any motorsport discipline. The fact that it wasn't more heralded and more seen is is again criminal. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, anytime you can make a purpose built track for IndyCar. Heck, sign me up. I will mainline that. If you and you're going to do an endurance layout, I will mainline that. You know, yeah, I will let's be so, there with my tent. Uh, so not only IndyCar, I'm looking at this endurance layout. I'm looking at the map. Of course, it's going to be a lot of villas, private lodges, clubhouses, a private club, track days. It's going to have um, a track days pit lane. It's going to have a club track pit lane. It's going to have a Grand Prix pit. I think it has looks like it has three pit lanes, by the way. Um, it's going to have a Grand Prix. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Tim, get out the calculator. Okay. According to this, uh, we're going to have starting of the main starting line, 10,500 seats uh, and temporary grandstand, plus 42,500 seats in temporary grand and Grand Prix grandstands, plus 4,000. Plus ten thousand, plus four thousand, plus thirteen point five, plus four thousand, plus eighteen thousand in the amphitheater, plus ten thousand in the natural GA stands they're calling them, and then plus another twenty five hundred in the temporary grandstands. How many seats are we at there, Tim? 105,513.5. Jesus. Oh, also, uh, there's going to be a hotel there, too. Tim, I'm going to share the screen with you. I want to talk about this. <laughs> I was say, yeah, no shit. There's going to be a hotel. You need yeah. a hotel. Like, you need at least like, an army of hotels. Like owned by the owned by the track hotel, too, which is awesome. I'm going to share the screen with you here. Oh, uh, it is disabled par- screen sharing. So you just un- oh. enable that. I'll talk to you for a second. The, the main layout for this looks absolutely mental it's going to have an uh it's going to have an amphitheater destination restaurant lodges within the uh the outfield and in the infield here i I mean it's going to be like vir you know it's going to be that okay here we go we're sharing this you can see that that layout right yes i can okay all right so Take a look. Left-hand side is your Grand Prix track, and it's going to turn it. The main layout is the endurance layout. Grand Prix track, if you follow it, the T7 is going to turn left and go right back into towards the natural stands. Um, I like the layout a lot. The Grand Prix layout, or not the Grand Prix, the endurance layout has 34 turns. <laughs> I'm cool with that, honestly. 34. I like, I like the big sweeping turns there are a lot there are a lot of low speed turns i see like at least one or two 90s but i also see a lot of high speed turns honestly the the section uh by the uh t oh doggone and i can't read it turn three <laughs> in the turn three into the amphitheater um, okay that that is kind of reminiscent to me of uh stuff that we used to see back in malaysia yes uh, i really turn- like that it's hard to read, but that is turn 30 because remember they're counting, 30. uh, they're counting, uh, the endurance layout as the full one here. Uh, That's but yeah, so it's, cool. it's a big old circular amphitheater. It's going to be a right-hander into this long sweeping left-hander, almost like that, uh, turn four at Vietnam that we never got. 
Yeah, it, it reminds me a and lot of that. There's then, a camping area, and with all the villas over here, club villas. I'm assuming villas and private lodges are those hotels? Or are they actually selling those? I believe so. I believe a lot of the private lodges and villas are going to sell to people, but I would not be shocked if like some of the uh, trackside villas or are rentable, yeah, are rentable lodges are lodges are definitely rentable. Cause, yeah, because there, I guarantee, with that many villas, uh, there's a golf course nearby. Yeah, uh, I should also mention too that this is a very hilly area of Tennessee. <laughs> very, very. The Cumberland Valley is. Uh, as up down as you can get in the United States outside of the West Coast or outside of the West Coast. It's a very hilly, mountainous area of Tennessee, uh, part of the uh, the uh, Great Smoky Mountains there. There's going to be a lot of terrain elevation. I think this has the uh, opportunity to be a prime level IndyCar event, an absolute banger of an event uh, for IndyCar, for WEC, MotoGP. I could see MotoGP racing. I could absolutely track, see MotoGP doing it's that. flowy enough for that. And uh, I'm excited. It's nice to have a new top level track because Tim, we haven't built a lot of those worldwide over the last decade or so. No, we haven't. (laughs) And especially not without F1 in mind. Yeah. Um, And everybody else. And F1 has almost been more street circuits rather than purpose built. Purpose built has been Tilka. This seems to me like some of Tilka's finest work. Um, maybe that's the episode title. Tilka turns in a banger. Um, cause, cause that, that looks like a banger. That is, that is probably what Yas Marina should have been. (laughs) Again, again, you sport again, Yas Marina wasted the chance to use, I know it's a man-made Island, but there was two corners there that go up, down, kind of through the dunes. This looks like an entire track of what Yas should have been up down. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's the up hills. down in out. It looks like Tilka was finally like, look, I don't have the FIA all over me. Maybe I can make something cool. Well, I think um, there is something freeing about building an F uh, grade two certified track in that you don't uh, have to keep in mind uh, the uh, Formula One demands, you know, room for 30 caterers that are building specifically just cakes and then another 20 spaces or to order for just drinks and butlers yeah like i'm i'm exaggerating but there's a lot of needs that an fia grade one track has that you're not going to be able to stick into a mega profitable venue especially one that's in such a destination as knoxville chattanooga tennessee it's uh two and a half hours or so outside of uh away from the uh, music city gp by the way um yeah. i don't know I no think it's so- beautiful i am I'm, I'm very excited about that um you know and that's it's also that's a drivable distance for us well yeah me, it is here in st louis and you know camping grounds already built in yeah that i think we're going to be taking a lot of advantage of that when they build it if tilk is involved they're probably far enough down the line with funding that they'll probably be able to build this so please Please, racing gods, let that happen. Um, 34 turns, 773 acres, Jesus. Luxury hotel, restaurant, brewery, winery, and the amphitheater with that turn is going to have a stage to be live music. Guarantee there's, yeah, they're going to be adding that's a whole a, lot more. That is a destination. That's, that's a destination, baby. That really yep. is. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. That really is. That's going to be one of the premier spots in the United States. I would, I would honestly say that this might overtake. I know Coda will always have the USGP, but this will 
this will probably overtake Coda as making itself the destination track in the United States. With the ability to pack 105,000 with enough art and entertainment around. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to, that's going to be a banger. I, I, I stand by my episode title name. Um, but, Tilka uh, makes a banger. Well, Til- you know, it applies no, to our- turns in a banger because it that- applies. Yeah, it also good. it applies to uh, it applies to the USGP too. Tilka did turn in a banger at the USGP. Um, what else do we have? Uh, we do have other news. Uh, yes. We had uh, this morning. It was announced uh, that Audi and Sauber have agreed to preliminary terms for Audi to be their works partner. Um, I yes. thought that that verbiage was very interesting. Seeing the announcement uh, on F 1s social media feeds, I'm like that feels incredibly lawyered i don't know why it says works partner not it's going to be a works team but a works works partner partner. not sure how that works out not sure what audi's intentions are um probably they want to you know sneak in and do the same thing that porsche was trying to do with or sorry porsche because i will get a phone call from dylan that i didn't pronounce that right because he is remember the number one porsche dick writer and remember, um, he also dropped Red Bull once Porsche did. Like so. a bad habit. <laughs> like it was so fast. Dude. It was insane. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Remind me not to piss you off. I'll get caught out so <laughs> he hard. He went full Felix Baumgartner, just terminal velocity dropping him. <laughs> yeah, just boom, gone. Um, but Porsche tried to take over half the operations. And I'm sure Audi being the same company at its heart, the same parent company owns them. They're going to want something similar uh, out of Sauber. I can't imagine Sauber resisting a whole lot. Um, they, you know, their uh, deals are going to stay in place. Alpha is going to still be um, the title sponsor for next year. Um, you know, they're still going to have Ferrari engines, I believe, until the time when Audi takes over. It'll be interesting to see what you know Dino time Audi gets, uh, but I, I do anticipate a very strong Audi car. Uh, come 2026 when this is supposed to uh, kick in. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But that was announced this morning. Um, Would you like to tell the ladies and gentlemen about an American driver? Yes. Logan Sargent is set to become the first American driver since Alexander Rossi all those years ago. That's right. Drive to survive fans. Alexander Rossi is an F1 product. And uh, before you say he's an F1 reject. No, F1 rejected Marussia, the team. Rossi was okay. Um, Logan Sargent is set to become the first American driver since uh, since Alexander Rossi. He will be driving next year for the Williams. And honestly, it's about time. Uh, it, first off, I'm wondering how many times we're going to have to deal with the fact that he's American, both on the positive and negative sides, tooting him up that he's American, but also every time he – you know, goes elbows out. It's the Americans can't drive. I honestly, I'm excited to have one, but I also dread it, Tim. Uh, I you, do too. You thought, in, go... you thought F1 Twitter was toxic. Now wait till there's an American. Oh, that's driver. yeah. It's going to be uh, the toxicity levels are going to be cancerous. Um, but what I'll say about Logan is that my only trepidation is that he's less Alexander Rossi talent and more Scott Speed. Yes. Um, you know, with a name like Logan Sargent, um, <laughs> I think he's more Scott Speed right now. Um, but you know, I guess time will tell. Is he is he Rossi or is he Speed? Um, I, I wish him well. Honest to God, had never heard of him. 
Um, but you know, before the announcement, I was like, who? You I've know, heard of him. He's been he's been coming up, but I thought he was maybe a year or two away, to be honest with you. I thought it was three or four. He was just an F3 from you know the the stuff I was able to read. And they said it's preliminarily uh okay because you know he'll get his super license point at some point. Or and it's like really Colton Herta, the clear uh, you know, American force is short a couple of super license point, and that that's your hang up really it, you so, know it's it's frustrating because f1 wants to push into the american market and if anything the four hundred forty thousand people that showed up proved that america is embracing formula one in a way that i mean to be honest some european countries would like to see um i, I know that's a hot take but go look at the spanish gp um, anyway but uh i i just i feel like every time they push into the american market it's 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 half-assed to be honest with you it they do it the wrong way right we're gonna push into the american market we're gonna get an american team it's haas f1 a team who went full russian for years only stopped because of bad pr you know thanks to a war um and well luke but to be honest it's not the first time an american's played footsie with the russians recently but uh what else you know what else? Uh, we're gonna get an american driver oh what's that the fastest <laughs> you know, american driver in in, in the current indycar field uh maybe not the most consistent but that's another question yeah no he's not good enough we're gonna get a guy out of uh formula three uh, you know what though i could i get the haas this they did put red white and blue on their cars just in the wrong pattern <laughs> um they, just, they did they did but hey at least, uh, at least they came around in some way. I'm excited to see uh, what happens with Haas. I'm sure they're searching for a works partner too. So, um, you know, or at least Gene Haas oh, is. I know that we're we're gonna um, we're gonna get Haas F1 as the American team. Andretti, who? Yeah, no, they're it, not big. They don't have enough money, and they're not big enough. Exactly. Who's who's this Andretti guy? He's not a big enough name. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. maybe maybe we want we maybe want Mario Andretti. Yeah, maybe if you grew up in like Germany, you don't understand, but more people know who Andretti is in the United States than know the difference between NASCAR and Formula One. More That's people the- know who Mario Andretti is in the United States than Ayrton Senna. That's more a, people a know who Mario Andretti is than Michael Schumacher. Yeah. My, more <laughs> people know who Mario Andretti is more than more uh, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. <laughs> no one gives a shit. It is, is he- Mario Andretti full stop. <laughs> and that's an American. So sorry. Yeah. Is he, well, did he emigrate from Italy? Yes. Did the rest of us immigrate here? He'll he'll tell you he's an American. Um, He's from Nazareth, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Come on. Anyway, but yeah, I, like I said, I feel like we're fumbling every opportunity, but I am really excited to see if Logan Sargent can uh, grind his teeth and uh, grow in F1. Not looking forward to the comment section, but speaking of American drivers, Colton Herta is extended with Andretti Autosport through 2027. Interestingly, there is a stipulation in that contract. Uh, first off, also should mention that uh, for your IndyCar fans, this is also big news that title sponsor Gamebridge will remain with Andretti and Colta through that, which is big old money. Um, it that's, does that's have not a, a small amount of cash. No. Yes. It does have a stipulation, by the way, that should Andretti enter the Formula One scene, it will allow for a switch if Andretti feels it, which I'm sure Colton was not. <laughs> Colton's not upset about the option on that contract. 
No, sure, definitely not. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. And, oh, you're uh, sending me to F1? Oh, no. Uh, oh, say it ain't so. You know, I've been so notoriously not wanting to get into F1 for the last five years. <laughs> well, we'll see, but I, I am happy for him. I think that's great. Um, What else do we have? Uh, we have uh, Mexico coming up this weekend. Um, yes. it, it's never a great race, to be honest. Um, But I love yes. Mexico dearly. It's usually an okay race. Never great, but we never go full Imola. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's race. a solid C. It's it's C a to race. C minus. It's you know a race. But like I, you said, but I, I love, love Mexico. Yeah, I love ahead. Mexico because the Mexican fans are intoxicating to watch. It's They're impossible nuts. to be in a bad mood watching the Mexican race. They're- it's impossible. I defy you to be in a bad mood or wear a scowl for more than a couple seconds when you see the Mexican fans. It you just want to like sprint down there as fast as you can just to hang out because it seems so cool and it cuts through a baseball stadium. Yes. I love that with all my heart. That that tickles all the cockles of my American heart with Not with only does it cut through a baseball pastime. stadium, it encircles the replacement baseball stadium for that baseball stadium. There's two baseball stadiums. By the it, way, the MLB is playing in that baseball stadium that it encircles too, by the way, in the coming year too. It is dope as shit. It is <laughs> so amazing. cool. You know um, what? The Mexican fans are cool in a way that like they're they're passionate. <laughs> they're passionate in a way that like the Italian fans are but they're not as toxic as the italian fans i find they work too hard to be toxic (laughs) so like i i i I find it a wholesome nuts as compared to a good lord nuts that i see at like zandvoort or austria it is always what feels to me like a hard-earned good time and and for some reason that is all there's something really nice and blue collar about mexican folks and mexican fans i just want to go down there and have a good time with them yeah. Um. What uh, What else do we have? I'm I'm thinking that's just about it. I I, I like think that's the, it, buddy. I like these. Oh, we got to give a shout out to Sebastian Vettel for that uh, that late race push. That was amazing. It was cool to see him uh, pull that one out. I, it's big nice ups, to see him have some fire. Big ups to Seb. Um. Nicholas Latifi has said that nothing's official, uh, and denies concrete news to the IndyCar news story. And Daniel Ricardo said, "Quote." F no oval scare me to IndyCar. Um, now we can get on Daniel, but I don't feel like it. A and B. I also feel like pointing out that Roman Groshan also said oval scare the living daylights out of him. If I'm not mistaken, your current Indy 500 champion Marcus Erickson also said that oval scare him when he first came over. He that's, they both did say that, and yeah, I that's how I it watched, goes. I watched yeah. both of them live at the Bomberito 500 racing an oval. So yep. we'll see. However, I'm not that excited about Daniel anymore. Um, no, I, honestly, he's kind of played out. I'm worn out with it. You know, the drama. Is he going to stay? He's going to get a go. He's skipped over a bunch of teams now. It it's be, never. It would be fit. different if he didn't hurt me so often. It like, would be. I want to. I've wanted to see him reach, like, just taste that ultimate cup of champagne yeah. for so long, and it just. It's like watching Chris Chan, where at every opportunity it just gets slightly worse. To choose your own adventure, where you where you pick the wrong option every time. It's it's a he's been beaten so summarily by Lando, and so often, and his only success of the last two years has been because the team ordered Lando not to overtake him. 
um, yeah. it, back at uh, Monza last year. I just, you know, I, yeah. I just, I couldn't care less anymore. I want to move on. I'm excited about uh, McLaren next year. I'm excited about, um, you know, everything that's coming down the pipe uh, for, for everybody next year. And I, I'm glad to have a Daniel less F1 year next year. I, is he a great personality? Yeah. But God, big, does he great on me after a while? The the big takeaway, I think, from all of this, uh, this observation and the story is um, you can say that ovals scare you. But after you set out exactly one Indy 500 and you're there and you understand ovals don't scare you anymore. You want to try it. <laughs> ovals do scare you, but you want to try it. it Fern- and Fernando Alonso, I believe, said ovals scare him at one point. Oh, what's that? He's raced two. Exactly. Now. And uh, he's so, and he's turned in some bangers. Uh, yeah. Never, never say never. Never say ne- never. And never count out the Spaniard. I mean, you just can't. No. Period. All right, Tim. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. It's a little bit of a short episode, but I, I just I feel like we've uh we've covered I feel everything like we've, we need it's to, been an yeah. efficient episode. Efficient episode. Efficient. Uh, and Tim, we had a crazy one last week where we were just laughing our heads off. So, Tim, I feel like I'll uh, I'll catch up to you at uh, well, first off next week. But uh, you got you doing anything in about 2024 outside of Knoxville, Tennessee? Oh, I think you, me, Dylan, and the rest of the crew are going to be there. Yeah, I think we're. I think I got a race that I got to be at uh, down near Knoxville. I don't know what race is going to be, but I'll be there. You know what they need to do? They need to put a drag strip in there. Wouldn't be hard. All right. <laughs> you and your drag strips every time. Do you, you think would, all the villa people with all their golf no, outings <laughs> are going to want the Do you do you want an actual the Do you want cars? an actual culture war because the drag dragsters and the villa people who own sports car villas would get in fist fights. You know, fit, I, I, will, yeah. I will say this. I will say this, Tim. You didn't understand. You didn't understand. I got you between two dragsters and you understood. <laughs> oh, I totally did. And then I walked out and watched a fist fight break out within a team. So they fight each other. Um, you know, They're I nuts. think that that really would be funny to see the country club crowd mixed with the drag racing crowd because nobody's walking out with all their teeth. No. Um, no. You know, half of them don't hey, have them anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, half of them don't have them anyway, which, which I'm talking about is honestly more up to interpretation than you might think. Because I've seen some of the country club uh, roadster guys and the, uh, they're multimillionaires, but some of them are multimillionaires because they made a business that pumps sewage out. You know, we're not going to talk about that or besmirch the way they've earned no. their livings. Uh, honestly, say, it was a very I'm, good time, though. Everybody yeah. was super nice, and the teams were all very open. Like Dylan and I could just walk up and be like, "What do you got there?" And they're like, "Oh, here's what we're running." Oh, so, dude. oh, <laughs> you're gonna have to edit that. And what's leave, the timing? What's the in, timing? What's the timing? Uh, right at the end. Uh, okay. But leave the part in where I'm like, oh, you got to do that. You can't say that. <laughs> NDAs, buddy. Anyway. Oh, we're going to get uh, sued. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, down the if just name drop that you're, you're one of your Luke's friend that you uh, he invited you as a VIP and literally like go talk. to I, I could talk to some people who'd be like, you want to sit in the car? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done with that. I'll sit. I'll sit in the very nice, comfortable suite that you had me in. I'm not going out there again. Fuck that. No chance. I don't want to die. I want to. I want to maintain my spine. No, they'll they'll put you in the car in the pits though. Hundred. You, you ever wanted to sit in a dragster? Uh-uh. You can sit in a dragster. I have baby. never once uh, felt that need. You can felt sit. That in, urge. You can sit in a funny car while it fires up, baby. 
And with that, see you guys next week. Thank you.